On this week's Gulhani on Politics, our last episode of 2022, we remember Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth's final journey to Scotland's capital. It was very interesting. There was a salt tire in the sky marked by a couple of planes this morning. I thought it was very appropriate. A welcome to the Queen. We also reflect on a year of political drama. Across Scotland over the last week, nearly 10,000 people waited more than the target four hours at accident and emergency departments. That's the worst waiting times on record, and it's only September. And we highlight the Scottish Conservatives' plan to support the NHS and patients through the upcoming tough winter. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast, the last episode in 2022. I'm Dr. Sandesh Gulhani. It's been quite a year. We've had three UK Conservative Prime Ministers, Boris Johnson, Liz Truss and now Rishi Sunak. While here in Scotland, the shambolic failures of the SNP-led government have been laid bare time and time again. There's a huge scandal brewing in Scotland over hundreds of millions of pounds in budget overruns for a nationalised company to build two ferries that should have been finished five years ago. Another scandal shines the spotlight on SNP's hapless health secretary, Humza Youssef, who has been breaking the wrong kind of records, record hospital waiting times. And he's been woefully inadequate to support the growing number of Scots, around 200,000, now living with long COVID. Meanwhile, on the international front, Russia's barbaric war against Ukraine, launched in February, threatens our country's security, has severely disrupted energy and food supplies, and supercharged inflation, which has been running at its highest rate for 30 years. But first, let's cast our minds back to September 2021. On September the 8th, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II passed away at Balmoral Castle in Aberdeenshire. She was brought to Edinburgh by cortege, and some 33,000 people filed past her coffin in St Giles's Cathedral to pay their final respects. Edinburgh's Royal Mile, Monday the 12th September, and thousands line the high street of the old capital to witness the royal procession as the Queen's coffin moves from the Palace of Holyrood to St Giles's Cathedral for a service of reflection and thanksgiving. And she will lie there in state for 24 hours, allowing members of the public to visit and pay their respects. Let's hear from some of those gathered here on their reflections of the Queen's life and why they made the journey today. Well, we are all from Spain and we study here in the University of Edinburgh. And uh, we came yesterday and uh, we all think it's a historical moment and something that we have the opportunity to see. And all of us are here. All of our friends are here. Most of the people we study all took the opportunity to live this historic moment. What brings you down today and why did you think it was important for you to be here? Well, I actually work in Holyrood Road. I'm in an office there and I was allowed to work from home today if I wanted, but they just felt that this was a place to be today. I'm not a huge royalist, but I just admire what she did for all those years above and beyond her call of duty, I believe. And I, I just felt it was a place to be and joining with everybody else, appreciating the Queen and welcoming the new King. And do you think you might be going to St Giles's to see the coffin and see the Queen in lying in state? 
No, I feel I paid my respects to her just by being here today and I also wandered around the town a little this morning before I went to work and just had some quiet reflection. It was very interesting. There was a salt tire in the sky marked by a couple of planes this morning. I thought it was very appropriate. A welcome to the Queen and to the King. I really appreciate that moment. So if I'm if I'm here, <laughs> it would be just weird to stay at home, knowing that you can uh, be part of this great event and see the King as well. And do you think you might go to the cathedral to see uh, the Queen lying in state? Yeah, I will because I'm actually here with my elder daughter, Anya, and my younger one is at school, so I want to take my younger one later on uh, to the cathedral to, uh, so as she could have the opportunity to take part in that event as well. Her Majesty, Queen Elizabeth II, gave 70 years of exemplar service to the nations of the United Kingdom and her much-loved Commonwealth. As a man of Indian descent, I have absolutely no doubt of the respect that people of India and the Indian diaspora in Scotland have for our Queen. The Queen also really cared for Scotland and our Scottish Parliament. And it's important to remember that the Queen also played her part to instill confidence in people across the country to take up the offer of a Covid vaccine, being an early recipient of the vaccine herself. Throughout her long life, Queen Elizabeth put duty first and foremost as a young princess in the 1940s, she rallied to the cause, enlisting in the military as an auto mechanic. During the 1950s and 60s, the Queen presided over the contraction of the British Empire and the rise of globalisation. Queen Elizabeth II made many, many visits to other countries as head of the Commonwealth and a representative of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, including a groundbreaking trip to Germany in 1965, 20 years after the end of World War II. She was the first British monarch to, to make a state visit there for more than five decades. As Queen, she has welcomed 15 Prime Ministers from Sir Winston Churchill to Liz Truss, the current Prime Minister, invited to form a government earlier this week. Throughout her life, the Queen, our greatest public servant, anchored the country through uncertainty. She had a most special ability to connect with people and make them feel at ease. And for so many of us, our Queen is the only monarch we have ever known. She has been the one constant stability in an ever-changing world. Duty, decency, dignity. A profound example for us all to do the best we can in our own particular ways for our communities and our country, despite the challenges past and present. I am minded of the Queen's words during her 2008 Christmas broadcast. When life seems hard, the courage and the courageous do not lie down and accept defeat. Instead, they are all the more determined to struggle for a better future. The Queen has also played her part in bringing great joy to the nation. Those who watched the opening ceremony of the London Olympics in 2012 will never forget her TV sketch with James Bond, descending to the stadium from a helicopter. More recently, on her Platinum Jubilee, the Queen appeared in a TV sketch again, along with Paddington Bear, saving her marmalade sandwich in her handbag for later. As a mark of our deepest respect, as members of the Scottish Parliament, we're observing a period of mourning until after the state funeral on Monday, September the 19th. Your Majesty, you will never be forgotten. God save the King.
King Charles III ascends to the throne at a time of heated constitutional debate here in Scotland. As a Scottish Conservative, I believe in upholding the United Kingdom and its constitutional monarchy. I swear allegiance to the Crown. But back in 2014, 44.7% of those voting in a referendum voted for Scottish independence to leave the United Kingdom altogether. This is a minority, but a sizeable one. And a vocal proportion of independent supporters do not want a monarchy. They want Scotland to be a republic with an elected head of state. In the more recent 2021 Scottish Parliament elections, the pro-independence party won a majority of seats in an election where 64% of the electorate voted. The partnership of SNP and Green parties formed a government. The SNP have now been in government for 15 years and its leadership says the monarch would still be head of state in an independent Scotland. But the Scottish Greens and many SNP supporters disagree. So I was interested to ask people on the Royal Mile how important is the monarchy in holding the United Kingdom together? And does Scotland really want to part and go its own way? Tell me, why did you feel it was important for you to come here? Well, she's been a big part of this country for a long time and her touched the hearts of a lot of people in the country and the world. So just felt right to pay respects to her after so many years of service. The SNP have been in government in Scotland for the past 15 years, which means they've been responsible for a broad range of policies, including health, transport, education, housing, and taxation like income tax and taxes where people buy homes or land. The SNP is big on announcements, but sadly, poor on delivery. And on health, it is failing really badly. Take workforce planning. There are more than 6,000 nursing vacancies in Scotland's NHS. 6,000. The Minister responsible for health and Scotland's NHS is the SNP's Humza Yusuf. His and his predecessor's shambolic management has left Scotland with too few nurses. And the nurses we do have are a breaking point. It doesn't take a genius to understand that staff shortages mean less patients being seen each day. And so patients, many in pain, have to wait longer and longer for emergency treatment, cancer treatment, or operations like hip or knee replacements. This was Scottish Conservative leader Douglas Ross in Parliament back in September. This week's health figures revealed that more people are waiting longer than ever for emergency treatment. Across Scotland over the last week, nearly 10,000 people waited more than the target four hours at accident and emergency departments. That's the worst waiting times on record, and it's only September. Our doctors, our nurses and staff are doing outstanding work, but we know the pressures on our NHS only get worse over the winter. So, First Minister, what action is your government taking now to reduce the time that people are waiting for emergency treatment here in Scotland? As the year ends, we're still waiting for a clear answer. The tragedy is people are actually dying unnecessarily because they are waiting far too long to be seen. Now, this is not the fault of doctors or nurses. The responsibility rests with the Scottish government. But this SNP Green government and its health secretary refuse to accept responsibility. The SNP government's main priority is independence, breaking away from the United Kingdom. This is also the goal of its partner in government, the Scottish Greens, 
who also want to abolish our constitutional monarchy and establish a republic. Health is clearly not their priority. Scottish Conservatives believe more must be done to support our frontline doctors and nurses, many of whom are experiencing burnout. We would see staff given nutritious food and access to rest areas and improved work rotors to ensure adequate recovery time. On hospital beds, we would repeal outdated COVID guidance, which would allow currently unused beds to be put back into service again. There are at least 166 beds not being used across Scotland, while patients are having to lie in hospital corridors on trolleys. We would also fund interim care solutions for patients so they can leave hospital when they are fit to do so, instead of having to stay on the ward until a full social care package is in place, which can take weeks. Delayed discharge from hospital has reached a record high, costing our NHS £142 million and almost 1,900 bed days every day. The SNP promised it would eradicate delayed discharge by 2015. As per usual, this was all talk and no action. Our NHS is at the start of its worst ever winter, and the SNP's health secretary, Humza Youssef, has no answers. He has failed to plan and really should step down. However, it is never too late to make positive changes that can help the NHS and patients, and our ideas could all be implemented in the immediate term and would contribute towards tackling the high demand over coming weeks and months. Successive SNP governments have run Scotland's healthcare system for the last 15 years, and if they fail to act now to support our NHS, then the consequences of this healthcare crisis will lie squarely at their feet. Well, that's all from me this week and for this series of Gulhani on Politics, our eclectic take on Scottish politics. We'll be back in the new year, 2023, when Parliament returns from its winter recess. Until then, I wish you a very peaceful festive season. I'm Dr. Sandish Gulhani. Don't forget to subscribe and bye for now.